Hey, Jeffrey. Hey, Austin. No, like, hockey news broke this week, did it? No, I'm not. Um, Pretty slow week today, if I remember, right? Pardon? Pretty slow week. Nothing really happened, you know? Yeah, it's it's like... There's that week in, um, in the summer where nothing happens except... Was like it's like MLB All Star Week where nothing happens. Yeah, no, I, I can't I can't recall anything significant happening. No, well, I mean there was some exciting stuff today on Friday, a little bit. What's happening today? Well, it's the it was the Hockey Hall of Fame game today in Toronto. Yeah, no, that's the only significant thing that happened all week, right? Well, I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. Like, um, like you know, like they got out all the, uh. Like they got the committee, and then they got the inducting class of twenty nineteen, and you know it, it was emotional. You know, you could see like, you know, it meant a lot for some of these players, and you know, I found like, if you look on Twitter right now, people are saying Sundin probably got the biggest cheers. I don't know. I think Haley Wickenheiser got more cheers. I think. They are Hall of Fame aside. That's the only thing that happened all week. Yeah, I can't think. Maybe, I think some things happened last week, but I can't remember. It's it's been a slow week, and, you know. Yeah, not significant. Not hockey. Really, nothing. How about you open up your? Uh, how about you open up your Twitter and tell me if uh, what's the first thing on your uh, feed there? Well, get a load of this one, all right. On your burner account. My bur- Shh. no one needs to know about my burner account. It's the one that follows a bag of pucks. Uh, the Twitter. <laughs> At BOP underscore POD. Yeah. Um, the one titled Austin is his burner account. No, no, no. It's not by it's not my name. Come on, think about that. Okay, so one of those names is his burner account. No, there's okay. no burner account. That I cannot confirm nor deny. There is burner a burner account. account. One of them is a burner account. It's up to you to determine which one it is. Well, well my burner account, the top news up right now is uh Austin Matthews is the second Maple Leaf in as many seasons to record a home point streak of at least 10 games. Do you know the other player? Mitch Marner. John Tavares. Close enough. So that's the only thing on my Twitter right now. I don't notice anything else. Must be nothing. Okay. It must have everything happened last week. But um, I think, well, we'll see. I think tomorrow will be a big news day too, though, I think. You know, the, the beginning of the week was a little bit slow, and then, you know, tonight was Hockey Hall of Fame, and then uh, Hockey Hall of Fame night, I guess it's called, and then tomorrow's uh, uh, Hockey Night in Canada, I think. Yeah, I think we'll hear some news tomorrow for sure. Oh, Jeffrey, you're going to have to let me know what this news is. I don't know. Well, there's a, there a report that, um, I guess, for the first time in how many years? 20... I don't know how many years, 30 years, 40 years? How long? Well, Don Cherry won't be on uh, Coach's Corner. What? Why, Jeffrey? Well, because apparently at the beginning of the week, um, he was, uh, what? how did they put it? Mutually, did they mutually part ways? Did they break up? Did they get fired? I don't know. What's, what, what was the term they used? I can't remember. I'm trying to pull up that sports that tweet. Well, while Jeffrey pulls up that Sportsnet tweet, let's start the show proper, shall we? You're listening to the Bag of Pucks podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. All right. Welcome back. Jeffrey, have you found that uh, tweet? Yeah, so... From Sportsnet, um, they have released by the president on Twitter. Basically, it wasn't mutually parted ways. It wasn't um, fired. It was the right time for him to immediately step down. During the um, so yeah, he uh, stepped down. So I don't know. That doesn't mean he got fired. I don't know. I think it's just a nicer way of saying fired, right? I mean. If they were like, hey, you're either fired or you can choose to leave for your legacy, a resignation probably sounds a bit better, doesn't it? Yeah. And, I mean, granted, I think Sportsnet, well, okay, I, I, I'm divisive on this, but I think it's right that they didn't fire 
Don Cherry, and they kind of like let him resign. But at the same time, okay. All we right. So hold on before me. before we start, Jeffrey is about to go on a rant. Not, I, no, okay. I think Jeffrey and I have slightly different opinions, but Jeffrey, go for it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay, first, okay, the big thing for me is I get a thing happens on Saturday. You want immediate response. And I know Monday is, like, after something happens on the weekend, you release the news on Monday. But when the Monday is Remembrance Day, you don't release anything on Remembrance Day. You release, you always, no news item should ever occur on Remembrance Day. It should always happen the day after, right? Like, I have friends who have family in the military. Basically, not, you should, you don't disturb anybody who has military ties on Remembrance Day because it's a day of reflection for them. It's a day of remembrance for the people who fought for our freedom. So don't post stupid news that's going to take over the news. The news should be focused on Remembrance Day, not about Don Cherry being let go. So first off, at least they did it at 3.06, 3.07 in the afternoon. They didn't do it at eleven at the 11th hour on the 11th day of the 11th month. So granted, they did that, but you can at least wait a day. If you're going to wait the entire weekend and you want it to be a big-ticket news item on a Monday – don't release it in the afternoon. Release it on the second day. It doesn't matter, okay? Okay. The, the difference between... My question is, fine. what if they were trying to bury it as much as possible? Because you know it wasn't going to be fully buried, but they're trying to bury it a little bit. Hence, they kind of like... You're not going to bury Don Cherry, after exa- especially after what he said on Saturday. Like, people were waiting for a response. They knew it was going to happen. They were just waiting for it. And I think they could have waited another day. They did not need to release it on Remembrance Day when we're supposed to be focusing on more important other things. Now the entire sports world was focusing on Don Cherry, right? And I don't think that was the right message. When Don Cherry was on Coach's Corner, he wanted to fo- put focus on the veterans, right? Supporting veterans. And I felt like sports that did him dirty. And I think people echo his response on Twitter, right? They did him dirty by, you know, having him... Um, be let go on Remembrance Day when he was trying to, you know, promote veterans and supporting them. So uh, that's that's probably, the, I think, the biggest fault out of this entire ordeal. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that Sportsnet screwed up on, and Rogers, I guess, in general. So do you have a problem with what he said? I have a problem with how it was worded, and I think given... I mean, it's not recorded live. No, it is. Coach's Corner is, is live. It, it took out the seven-second delay. Yeah, so there is a delay. There isn't a so delay anymore. Not, there is not a delay anymore. No, but it, it, it's, isn't it pre, it's pre-recorded? Nope. It's partial. Is it not? Nope. It, it is. Nope, it's not. Coach's Corner is not pre-recorded. For a while, it was uh, running on a seven-second delay because of stuff Don Cherry said in the past. And then it is no longer seven-second delay. So there is the but, delay of like the two seconds where just in case so he just starts swearing out of his mind, someone can cut it off. But there's no additional delay from, let's say, like a hockey game. So I, I think it's more, I think it's the way, I think it's just the, 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 the wrong words were used, I think, right? Like the, prop, like the thing with live television, live news, right? You have to be able to word things like in the moment and sometimes you just pick the wrong words and then they're misinterpreted another way, right? So Okay, but I think- how much of this Sure, yes, words are wrong and at the end of the day I think his main message well the message that I the part of the message that I agree with is that Yeah, you know what? Everyone could spend a few bucks and um, support the troops. You know, it's not always a bad yeah. thing. And I'm sure some people do disagree with uh, the military presence in Canada. And, um, you know, you're free to do that. But a vast majority of Canadians, I think, support the troops. And I do think a significant portion of people don't wear poppies, me included. I'm guilty of that. And I don't think that's a problem that is not problem, but a situation that is faced exclusively by one community. I think it's faced by every single, whatever you want to use here, gender, ethnicity, background, demographic is a probably a word. 
um, faces is, is, is guilty of this. And I think that's what Don Cherry was maybe trying to say. As hope that's what he wanted to say instead, not what he actually said. And, you know, I'll probably agree with that. But at the same time, it's, okay, you've been on TV for how many years? You've been in trouble how many years? How many times? You'd think by now, especially if the numbers are right and that coach's corner has been slipping, you know, there are rumors of Don Cherry kind of being asked to retire or they're considered asking him to, to take him off the air. You're Don Cherry, you know you're on a short leash. You really should be watching what you're saying. So for me, honestly, I have little to no sympathy in the sense that um, you he, he should know he's on a short leash and that at the end of the day, you didn't watch your words in his one too many times. And, you know, part of me does think that Rodgers and Bell – or Rod Rogers, I guess, right? Yeah, Rogers, not Bell. Rogers is partly relieved because if you look at the financials, you know, he's not exactly worth the bang for the buck he was, you know, 20, 30 years ago, right? I'm not saying there's a conspiracy behind there to frame him so they can get rid of him, but I'm saying good Don Cherry, you've been in this situation multiple times. You know your leash is shorter than it was 20, 30 years ago. It's on you, man, to really just and be aware of situations like this. And if he himself felt that this was not a situation where he could control what he's saying, put in that seven-second delay. Just keep it there. I'm sorry, but if you look at Coach's Corner now, it's often talking about what happened, you know, the period before, so 10, 15 minutes before, or 5, 10 minutes before. And when he was, you know, in his playing days and his coaching days, or 20, 30 years ago, Seven second delay on 20, 30 years ago, not the end of the world. <laughs> Since he's not doing breaking news, all right. So if he can't, if he can't, you know, con- no, if he can't have trust in controlling his speech, then put in safeguards. Simple as that. And I don't know. For me, I just have little to no sympathy. I'm, I don't know what you're thinking, Jeffrey. Well, I think the important thing you said there was that, well, with the role for the like supporting our veterans, it's not you people but you mentioned everyone and i think that's just a general thing right like it's not just certain demographics that aren't wearing poppy i think just in general the canadian population no longer wears the poppy right i mean the end of world war one was 1918 it's 101 years ago i mean yes it's taught in school but um like how many how much of a significance does it have now right like I think you remember back when we were in elementary school, right? Remembrance Day in elementary school. I think it was a pretty big thing at our school, right? Like a lot uh, like we would have on terrace. Well, I don't know about you. Yeah, I don't me, know. I'd had be a little bit different upbringing where it wasn't as big of a deal. But all right, Jeffrey, well, continue, I mean, continue your, your story here. I'm sorry. I don't, shouldn't have jumped in. Keep going. Sorry. Yes. Well, I mean, like you, we were in elementary school for two years together, but like I was there for eight years and i think it was a big thing each year so maybe we just had a little different but even you start moving into high school right it was remembrance day a significant part of canadian culture honestly i think i think you and i have different experiences i think so jeffrey had in the background you know as a kid jeffrey was that cadet kid and i wasn't so i think it's much more significant to jeffrey no, than i am saying in high school high still school, i don't feel I, I don't know i feel like i it wasn't a significant it wasn't as significant of a day as it was to, to you i feel like i think for you it was a bit more significant but tell me about your experience jeffrey i'm here to hear about your experience and, well i also think just in canada in general right like remembrance day isn't a national holiday for three provinces manitoba Ontario and Quebec and every other province and territory Remembrance Day is a public holiday. Did you know that, Olson? I didn't because even though I'm in Manitoba, I had the day off. <laughs> yeah, like like sure, they give us like if you're in school you get one hour off or like there's not supposed to be classes, it's time of reflection. But I think people don't re- recognize the significance of um, Remembrance Day as compared to other like like in the US for Veterans Day and UK for Remembrance Day, right? Within the Commonwealth, there's a, there's a lot more of a service for the veterans. And I think just in general, Canada throughout the years, 
because the wars, it's we're in a more peaceful times, right? People are no longer remembering the veterans. Like when, as we were going through uh, elementary school, right? That was kind of the climax of the um, the war in Afghanistan, right? You would you would see, you know, if you ever drove drove down to four hundred one, the big highway in Ontario, right? You would co- come down to Highway of Heroes every time you traveled out to like Ottawa or East or coming from anywhere between Trenton to Toronto, right? There's a highway of heroes. And I think because we've been in peaceful times, you start to forget about the veterans. And I think just in general, I think Don Cherry just probably didn't have to say you people. He, I think he just wanted to say it was just in general, people in Canada no longer were wearing the poppy and were no longer remembering the people who fought for our freedom. So... Okay, okay, but my thing, my my issue again, it's going back towards with Don Cherry is that he had to know that like this was going to happen. Like he he he, I'm not saying I put it this way. I, I know Don Cherry may not always think before he speaks, but he's been in trouble so many times. There really should be safeguards that he chooses to really to really you know say that and my other issue is that he could have apologized and said you know what i said the wrong words right and people won't forgive him he may still have been let go but the public perception i think would be a little bit better because at the end of the day people think oh you know my 85 year old is that how old i think he's 85 right 85 year old grandparent or uncle or whatever they've said the wrong thing sometimes just because they're old and you know they regret it and I think public perception would have been a little bit better. But then when you look at what – like if you look at what he said, his refusal to apologize, you can't really defend that anymore, right? You could – like what do you even do when you say that? It's just like, oh, um, yeah, I, I, I guess he had the chance to say, hey, you know what? I spoke wrong, but that's actually what he thinks. I don't even know what yeah. to say anymore. I'm a big Don Cherry guy for example. Like I think you know that I, I like making fun of Don Cherry as like a as a respect type of way, you know, with my very, very, very bad Don Cherry accent. But like now it's just like you can't say that, man. <laughs> like No. He's like and I, you know, you just had to apologize. Like it's a twenty four hour news cycle. This would probably blow away at the by the end of the season and you may not being coach's corner but like you would still be beloved by the community yeah and i think like don cherry's stance has you know it's been a bit more i would say i don't want to say apologetic because he hasn't apologized but he's softened his stance as days have passed since his remarks but i think just don cherry's character and personality I think he has a belief that he's always right and it's hard for him to say that he's wrong. So I think we may never get an apology and I think that's why the public stance is for sure they want the apology because at least it shows them that he has um, some like, remorse, you know, just he like... understand, yeah, that he understands that he actually made some hurtful remarks. And I mean, like it's live TV. I mean, it's like if you're giving us like an improv an improv speech right you're not thinking about what you're saying right away right you're just saying things as they come well that's why you have that seven second delay if you know you have a past of not saying these things and what you're talking about you know what you're talking about won't be affected by those seven seconds why not just have the delay like what harm is there well the most important safeguard failed him ron mclean okay but okay here's here's my theory of ron mclean on a lighter note I'm pretty sure Ron McLean has tuned him out by now. <laughs> he said so much stuff that Ron McLean just tuned him out. Yeah, but his job on was on Coach's Corner to be kind of that safeguard to keep him, you know, on course. So make sure that they finish the segment on time. They don't go over because if you can let Don Cherry talk, he could go on a tangent and probably just fill up the entire intermission. And you won't even get to the first period highlights. Okay, but so, like. His job is to be a co-host and keep him on track, not to be really babysit him, right? Like at the end of the day, my that was blame. Job. Yeah, my blame is very, very little of it is on Ron McLean. The thumbs up at the end, not a good look. 
for sure. Definitely not a good look. But I also I think most people don't have too big of a problem with Ron McLean because I think people know that like, Ron McLean tunes him out. <laughs> okay, I I guess I mean like what forty years old dude like not forty like I think Ron McLean didn't do like I know like Don Cherry's been like what like forty years of it but I think I think Ron McLean could have done a better job probably but I mean yeah I do agree with you that. Um, it, his his fault is partial in this entire seg, saga, and you know, I don't know. I th- I also well when the reports came out that I don't know. Can you conf- can you confirm with me like Ron McLean is going to be the host for Hockey Night in Canada tomorrow? Um, couple- I'm not sure about that. To be honest with you, but I can see that just as a stopgap. They have no one right now, right? So it's just like you know they they need someone there, but. That's going to be the most awkward coach's corner tomorrow. Are they even going to have coach's corner work? I don't think you can, can you? I don't think they're going to have – I don't think they're going to have coach – well, I mean, it's a good thing they're having the Hockey Hall of Fame, right? They could just do entire, like, not special, but, like – Segment on that. Seg- segment, yeah, with, like, the inductees. So that can fill up that first, like, gap before the – like, the first gap of the first intermission. They can do that at least. So that gives them at least another week to think of what they're going to do. But Okay, but what are they like, going to do? What is – the hosting job for a for a hockey night Canada going to be if they you know he doesn't actually appear on the screen then. Well, I I think Ron McLean is done for Saturdays. Okay, so where does he go then if he's not on Saturdays? Hometown hockey. Oh, true. I forgot hometown hockey. I guess maybe. I think I think he's done a great job with Tara Sloan for on Sundays for um, hometown hockey. I think I think his personality and his just his, like his character, fits more with the hometown hockey, like their domestic. Well, I'd say I'd there. say Ron McLean is like, is like the unofficial hockey dad. Yeah, like he he's he's the uh, the good guy, right? Not normally doesn't say like say the wrong thing. Always knows exactly what to say, type of person, right? Yeah. So I think he. Like I, I, like if there's not gonna be coaches corner, I don't see them. Why would Ron McLean stay on as host for Hockey Night in Canada? I mean, we've seen David Amber a couple of times already on Hockey Night in Canada as the host. I think they're gonna get some new people. But you know I, what I think, I think is McLean, happening though. I think they'll they'll have someone like a segment like that where some someone like rants a little bit, but it's with Brian Burke, and then you have Ron McLean there as well. See, but. I They've mean, really been pushing Brian Burke. That's the thing, right? Well, I think the big look. I don't think the the coach's corner that type of segment is going to work anymore. I think really, I think, I think it tried. does. That's been tried and done for the last. It has been successful, but it, like with the current like viewership, I think they have to move away from that. They need to maybe find another way. To pres- like to entice viewers to watch hockey, and I think like people have been saying like I don't think you can do something that's similar to Coach's Corner. You have to do something new because if you do something too similar to Coach's Corner, it's going to be reflective about Don Cherry, and then it's just going to bring up those negative connotations, right? And then it's not going to be a, a like a good segment, right? Here's, what, here's what I'm be- saying, though. Here's what I'm saying. Okay, so we like as I mentioned before, like you know the appeal of Don Cherry has gone down in the last couple of years, right? But yeah. he still has a significant appeal. Like you saw, I don't know if you did, but like there's still viral videos of guy, of people just protesting outside Rogers in Toronto, being like, you know, can't put him back in the air or whatever, right? Like he still has a significant appeal. That type of segment and that type of coach still has a significant appeal in the league, in the sense that people want to hear about that old school rock'em sock'em hockey with a little bit of ranting about how these players nowadays are too soft. You can't be like Don Cherry and say, yo, those are Europeans anymore, which I don't agree, first of all. But you can't have that anymore. But you, there's still an appeal for, oh, I love that, you know, truculent hockey. And that still brings in viewers, I feel like. It may not be as significant as Don Cherry, but when you look at the how much Don Cherry makes being a commentator and Brian Burke makes us being a commentator, you have a bit more leeway, right? Yeah. But you you just can't have the same type of 
like format of a segment. I think you, you have to change it up somewhat so that it's not people don't think of it as a you know uh like an evolution of the coach's corner i think it needs to be something completely new so that people forget about the fact that that thing happened on like what don cherry said his remarks happened on coach's corner it's completely new try to get away from it because i think if you keep having that lingering thought about those hurtful remarks that don cherry said people are always going to think about that and i think that's Gonna be the reason why. So I think they just need to pull, but, pull away. From but does Rogers and Hockey Night in Canada do that though? I think the public perception is that Don Cherry went on a rant and not Hockey Night in Canada went on a rant. I think there isn't much blame in Hockey Night in Canada. I don't think. I think most of the blame is on Don Cherry himself. Like I haven't seen much backlash on Hockey Night. It's all the the backlash I got in Hockey Night was like I saw in Hockey Night was they got rid of Don Cherry. And the and it wasn't hey, like why did like why did you let him speak like that right? I don't feel like there's been much backlash on that end. So why do you, why do you think they need to really you know why do you think they need to change the format? The format I feel like it works for them. Well, I, I just think they need to pull away from like the connection of Don Cherry with sports. I think they just need to move away from that. I think. So that they can, you know, start anew and, you know, begin a new chapter. Like, I mean, I definitely agree. I think that old-fashioned, like, thinking, I think that has appeal to a lot a lot of hockey viewers, I think. And I think that's a, it's a good idea to definitely have that as well. But I think at the same time, you need to kind of move, yeah, definitely move away from the, um, like, calling out certain demographics and you know you think they need to, i don't think so i honestly don't i honestly think they can get by with keeping the same thing but with a different person see so, yeah what, what, and how are you gonna do it like brian, it was brian Burke, who, what would you call it it was with brian burke who, what would you call it i don't know it can't it can't be it can't have an alliteration like coach's corner for sure right it has to be something the name's completely different like if this was an off season, maybe they have time to make a new format and you know test it with them uh, with the focus group and see everything. But with this being in the middle of the season, you really don't have time to make such a significant like you don't uh, such significant change to the format of the show right now, right? Like you you kind of have to hope for the best. And this they have an idea, a pretty good idea that this will work. So you kind of I think you kind of have to stick with it. Yeah, so it might just mean, you know, so like the first intermission you're going to have, the first, so maybe the first segment is hot, like first period analysis, then you go in with the interview with the home team, and then you go into the second period, and then second period you do headlines, second period analysis, and then where are we off to for hometown hockey on Sunday type of thing. I think that's, that's been a, I think that's just going to be the general format maybe. But they, I think they're going to need something more during the first period, probably. But I think, I guess we'll see tomorrow. Like, hopefully, this, I mean, recording Friday, hopefully it's going to be up by Saturday. So, you know, we're not going to be old news. But, so, like, um, yeah, like, my concern is, like, not my concern, but my thinking, and for Rodgers is, okay, they just lost a really big, um, what's it called, a ratings getter for them, right? And yeah, we all know this Rodgers NHL deal has not gone well for Rodgers. And they need something that draws in viewers, keeps viewers' eyes on during that first intermission. And, you know, they got to find something that's worked, and they know Coach's Corners works, so why not stick with what they have, right? With yeah. Brian Burke. I mean, well, Co- I mean, Coach's Corner isn't as good as it was before, though, right? It, it, it isn't. Don't fall. get me wrong. It isn't. But it's a tried and true method that they don't have to worry about, right? So it's. Let's well, say, I tried a true method that worked maybe ten years ago. I think it still it still works. I think in the sense that like, but not not to I I mean it, it can maintain status quo, which which might be all they really need right now. But I mean, yeah, I'm well, I'm thinking they just prefer status quo right now, just because they don't have time to focus group everything and yeah, see what people so. reception is right. Like next season, they could probably come with something completely different. But at the status quo, that they're at least like, hey, you know what, we're not losing more money which i think for them is a big concern right now just with how the deal's gone so far yeah so i mean 
Right. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see tomorrow. I think tomorrow is going to be a big day. A lot of people are going to watch Hockey Night, see what's going to happen, and we'll see what goes down, really. We'll see how Ron McLean will host Hockey Night in Canada. Hopefully the games are good to watch, you know, I think. I mean, as much as we talk about Hockey Night in Canada, I think more important is just the game itself, right? People yeah. are there to watch the game. They're not there to just watch, you know, the analysis, the coach's corner. Yeah, I don't think there. anyone, like, not not no one, but a very, very minor like group of people are actually tuned in to Hockey Night just for Don Cherry or, or headlines or anything like that. Yeah, well, I mean, like, my intermissions are my washroom slash making my food break if I hadn't made my dinner beforehand, right? That's what first intermission is normally for. And yeah, that, I think that's for a lot of people. Right? So, I mean, let's hope it's a good game. It's Toronto versus Pittsburgh, I think. That usually so, draws pretty well. That, that, that'll be a good game to watch, but, you know, there'll be an extra attention on... Hockey Night in Canada this week. Yeah, maybe for this one, I may not go to the bathroom. I just wait this one out a little bit. Yeah, for sure. All right, with that heavy topic and, you know, elephant in the room out of the way, let's uh, let's have a commercial break. Let's have our own intermission, our own first intermission. And we're back. Hey, Jeffrey. Yeah. So, you know, we recorded that that uh, promotional audio clip a while back, right? Yeah. Let's see how much you remember of Anchor, Jeffrey. What is Anchor, and what do can what can they do for your podcast? Um. So, Anchor is <laughs> a platform that allows us to, you know, share our thoughts. Let's. Olsen rant and make really dumb comments, I think, about the hockey world and hockey news. And it shares it on multiple platforms like Spotify, um, <laughs> Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And really, I think it's great. Like, um, I just realized, like, because I do all the editing and Olsen just sits on his ass half the time. I didn't realize before I had to, you know, cut and edit two different segments so I can, you know, make sure that we have the right segments in. But now Anchor does that for you. I can actually split an audio file in Anchor instead of making two different audio files so that I can, you know, incorporate any breaks, any ads, and any extra sound effects. I can do that all on Anchor now. So, you know, Anchor has been great. They're improving bit by bit. And, you know, it's helped with the process. I mean, it does not taking us five, like three days for me to edit because Austin doesn't do anything. So, I am you know, the star of the show. <laughs> So does that mean we're going to immediately tell you to step down eventually if you say something controversial? Yes, basically. Uh, if I do that, yes. <laughs> but yes. it's also on you, Jeffrey, because we, ha- we have a three-day delay apparently. <laughs> well, we're, tra- we're working on that. We're trying to make it like a day or two. It depends on our – like. well, it doesn't depend on Austin. It depends on, it depends on my work schedule and um, all my other stuff that I have to deal See, with. See, I'm so. such a cooperative star. No, you're not. You're a very not a diva. Star. I'm a I'm a cooperative star. What more could you want from the star of a show? Uh, well, I mean, nope, nothing. Like, All right, cool. So, <laughs> well, no, I'm saying like, I mean, as a star, I mean, I demand a trailer. <laughs> no, like, you know what? We're trying to transition into talking about you know a potential star in the making and of course you have to you know screw everything up like the star in the the making i am already a star but please tell me about the star in the making well i one thing you mentioned to me well you know with your fantasy team which i don't know how it's going but it's probably doing shit i am four and two for the season you can be quiet well basically you're asking me if you should get capo caco and, you know, I was, you know, a bit hesitant because he started off kind of slow. He's playing on the third line. And, I mean, I think if you're going to get a guy on the Rangers, you want a guy who's, like, playing with Panarin or Zibanejad. You know, those are the two, you know, point get- fantasy point getters on that team. But, you know, Kako's starting to come out a little bit. You know, he's got, what, three goals in his last two games? Uh, well, I mean, he sat out with the flu. I mean, I think everyone has gone the flu at least once in their life. I mean, if you have it, you know, 
knock on wood, you don't get it ever. But, you know, he, he, he he's doing well now. I mean, so, I mean, the I guess the Kako versus Hughes dilemma isn't going so great, given that New Jersey and the Rangers are both quite shite right now. But, um, I mean, I, I would pose this question to you because you posed it to me. Is Kako a star or is he... Someone that you would want to have on your fantasy hockey team? Capo's back, baby. Now, I can't just say that and not give any, you know, you can't back that up. All right, so uh, for me, I think a lot of a young player's game is mental. You know, a lot of the physical stuff, they're still developing, you know, like a lot of it is if you play good, if you feel good, you play good, you know, all that, all that good stuff, right? You play, you look good, whatever, whatever the saying is. And... You can see the confidence back in his game. If you even look at the Instagram posts, you can for the Rangers and whatnot, you can see the confidence is back. You know he's happy, he's enjoying the game, and I think for for many people, like me included, as you know, I'm I'm a younger person as well. I'm a fellow millennial. How do you do, kids? But um, when I'm at my happiest is when I work the best. I'm not worrying about other stuff like, and I think that kind of changes a bit when you're mature a bit more and you know, you've had experience and you kind of like, oh, okay, I know this how, how this all works. When you're still, you know, early on, you get in your street career, a lot of this still comes down to emotions and that mental and psychological thinking. And I think that's what's happening with Capo. You know, he scored a few goals, got a couple lucky bounces in confidence has caught up a little bit. And I think he's back. I think he, he reminds me of lining in the sense of, he has a very similar, very offensive-minded person, uh, player and a very emotional player in the sense that his emotions really drive his results. And I think we're in that – we're getting up that emotion level and we're going to hit a peak soon and then we're going to go on a drought. But we are not on that drought yet. So we are currently in that rolling up the roller coaster phase. Well, I mean like you say he reminds you of Patrick Liney. And I think it's important for us to, like, I think when Liney came into the Jets, the Jets were a lot better team. And I think he was thrust into a more significant role compared to where um, uh, Kako is right now. Yeah. Right? So I definitely there's, like, a little bit of, like, a role they're playing differently. And I think... With Kako, I think especially on 5-on-5, five five, right? That's not going to be a strong suit. I mean, half his points have been on the power play so far. But I, he, he's, like, I, I could say, like, I, you could almost say, like, the Matthews versus Liney. Well, I mean, I guess we reverse it. Like, the Hughes versus, um, Hughes versus Kako um, dilemma is kind of like the the second fight with the title fight would have been like Matthews liner, right? Like it's not to the same degree currently, but it could eventually get to that stage. But definitely Kako has started playing better. I mean, I think he just needed a couple of games to, you know, get his feet wet, get used to it. And I think, I mean, definitely not having Sabinajad on the team in general for the Rangers kind of, well, I mean, they've been six, three, and one in the last ten, so they haven't missed Zabinajad that much. But... Is Zabinajad a locker room cancer? More at eleven. No, Zabinajad should be the heart of your um, fantasy hockey team because he's plays in all situations, hits. He plays. He's like guaranteed twenty. I think he's like I don't know how how he did this year, but last year he was a rock for me on the at forward. You know, you get like he plays twenty minutes a game. If you're doing like playing counting sats, he's great. You know, I would, you know, I would endorse him to uh, be on your fantasy hockey team. But, you know, back to Kako, I think, I mean, he he is in New York too. So I definitely like the way of life, understanding living there is going to be different as well. So I think the Rangers are doing the right thing and slowly easing him in. Maybe his, the, his role, you know, increases as the season goes on but i think you know he's having a nice start and i wouldn't say kako is back but i think he's gaining confidence and you know he's you know improving i think so speaking of fantasy you had um you should be on because a bit jed what is going on with jamie ben uh i heard his name but i don't know what's been happening 
could you update me on this? I, I, because I'm not playing fantasy this year. Oh, what is wrong with you, Jeffrey? So, guess how many points Jamie Benn has in 20 games this year? 10? He has 7. He has 1 goal and 6 assists. Well, I mean, Dallas hasn't been doing too well in general. They haven't been scoring well, but... Still, but like... I, know. I didn't know it was that bad, though. You know, it was... It, the entire first line was struggling with Tyler Sagan as well, but at the same time, Tyler Sagan's kind of bounced back, and now he has 13 points in 20 games. He's gotten most of it in the last couple of games, which is not the worst thing. But, you know, last game he had one assist. Previous to that, he's been struggling. Like, you know, for a guy, you you know, you expect a lot from a guy like that. He he hasn't been doing much, right? Like, before last night's game, game 20, he had an assist. He hadn't gotten a single point since game 14. So, October 29th, almost two months, uh, two months, two weeks. He hasn't had a point, not even an assist, right? And, you know, it's weird because if you're looking at his advanced stats, you know, there's – it wasn't as significant as previous seasons, but he's still playing a lot of his zone starts from the offense. So he's not putting in situations where he's, you know, chasing around players in the beginning, right? He's almost 54% of his zone starts are in offense. I know last year was 57%, but still, you know, it's not too significant. He's had years where it's under 50%, and he's still able to generate offense, so, what's going on there? I don't know. Like, if you look at his advanced stats, they look fine. I'll be honest with you. They look all right. They're not bad. They're not great. They're okay. They're just regular Jamie Ben stats. So, I mean, what what's going on? I like. I, I don't know. If you look at his shooting percentage, yeah, you can say it's uncharacteristically low at 2%, and he's never had a season where he's under 10, but he's got one goal, like. What are you expecting, right? We've played 20 games. He's at 2% shooting. Is he going to bounce back, or is this the beginning of the regression a la Milan Lucic? Well, I'll pose this question to you. How much of it has to do that he's playing a minute and a half less than he was last year? I think not that much, right? He's playing a minute and a half less, but that doesn't excuse for a Two percent shooting percentage, right? He's got he's got two percent. Uh, well, I mean, okay, shooting percentage. I think that is something that for most players regresses back to the norm eventually by the end of the season, right? Like you, you're gonna have bad if you have bad puck luck in the beginning. You're, you know, I w- I don't want to give a percentage, but you're most more than likely to you know get back regress back to the mean, like regress up to the mean or whatever it's called. Okay, right, like, but there's no that. real reason why he should be doing so poorly right now. Well, I just I just find it interesting that he's had a reduced amount of ice time at 5.5. Do you think that, that plays a significant factor, that one minute less, though? Well, okay, so this year he's played 13.39, even strength, this year. So my and argument that, is, my argument is, how much of it... What is the cause? What is the correlation? What is the causation? Is he playing less time because he's playing poorly? Well, I mean, okay, so whatever. I don't remember what I said, like 13, 39, or whatever. Last year, he played 15, 14 of even strength. And he's had comparable amount of time at power play, right? I mean, if you're talking about getting players going, like, you know, getting players, um, you know, not started, but like the sense that, you know, get their skates, get them, you know, up to game speed. You know, playing a minute and a half less could mean something for some players, I guess. But how much of it is playing a minute and a half less because he's not producing offensively? So you're behind. So you need to have guys who are producing offensively to play more minutes, though. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I have to be honest with you. I I haven't been following Dallas a lot, to be honest. So I'm not 100% sure of why. Like, I think, well, the big thing, too, he's still getting the same amount of shifts per game about compared to last year. But, you know, maybe because, like, I think there's a big thing in Dallas, right? They, they normally get that, you know, super line of Ben, Sagan, Radulov. But they've been having trouble scoring. So maybe they've been mixing up the lines a little bit. You know, they do have Pavelski. Um, Rube Heinz has been injured. So has John Klingberg. So... 
I wonder if that's had a little effect. But, I mean, it's possible that, you know, maybe he's just not doing well, but he'll come right back. Like, I, I would be, I, I would suggest he's a good buy low candidate for first for fantasy purposes. But, I, like, he might have a down year, but I think he'll, by the end of the year, we would call it like a, uh, not a down year, but not the not to the sense that when you're saying like he's going the downfall, like the Milan Lucic downfall. Okay, but like I I don't think it'll be as bad as Milan Lucic. But if you look at Milan Lucic, as comparable. So Jamie Ben's thirty and ha- he's having this little bit of a drop off. It started at twenty nine for Milan Lucic, where his shooting percentage went from thirteen percent to six point eight percent, and he played the same amount of games. He went from twenty three goals to ten goals, and you know, we all know how this is turning out with Milan Lucic. I mean, they play a very similar style. Is it possible that near this 29, 30 age is when your body really starts to give out when you're playing this style of game? Well, I think there's a, there, there, there's a slightly big... I think there's a difference between Milan Lucic and um, Jamie Benn. I, like, I get what you're saying, that they might be like... They're, they're heavier players, but I think... Um, Milan Lucic, his game is more based on his physical attributes, and I don't think Jamie Ben. I think Jamie Ben's a little bit more well-rounded than that. So, I honestly think like, if do you have Jamie Ben on your fantasy team? I do not have Jamie Ben on my team. Well, I mean, I think he could be a good option to be a buy low candidate. I mean, like for a league, I mean, he still provides the hits for you. You know. He still plays on a power play. Like he, he's not going to get demoted. And he could just be a simple buy low candidate if whoever you're training with you doesn't believe in like me that he can bounce back. So I mean, I, I mean, I think just Dallas in general hasn't been having a good year. So I mean, people that don't, if you don't do well, right? Your team doesn't do well, you don't do well, type of thing. So you know what else? You know what makes it look slightly worse. Jamie Bennett seven points in the season. Connor McDavid had six last night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jeffrey needs needs a glass of water and a sip to really gather his thoughts here. But Jeffrey, what do you, what do you got for us here? Okay. Well, what was it? Some people were listing off. I saw somewhere that like they're listing off players who uh, haven't had more than what was it like six points this season. There are a couple. I forgot who, but uh, there are a couple of like notable names at least. So, well, do you remember what I said? Um, did we remember we had that stupid predictions or a thirty-one hot takes? Thirty-one hot. Oh, okay. First off, before we turn to that, remember when you were laughing at me when I said Victor Mete would had was it five goals this season? Yeah. How many goals does he have now? Victor Mete had a two-goal game. Well, yeah, that's right, right, Jeffrey. That's right. Be quiet. Regression back to the mean, you know? Those goals that Mete scored were probably Ben's goals, right? But um, let me Mete tell you, has three goals a season. Yeah. Well, you know, he could, he might not score for another 120 games. You never know, right? Hey, you know what? Maybe if he doesn't score for the next 120 games, my hot take still hey, is guess, pretty I good guess, right now. I guess three goals, I think. I think I guess three goals. Like, he'll end up with three goals. So I'm, I'm you, I thought you said he'd have, you'd have zero. No, I didn't say zero. I'm not that rude. But uh, oh, no. so you were giving okay. him goals back, because you pity him. Back to Connor McDavid. So one of my hot takes was Tyson Berry would have less points than Jake Gardner by the end of the year, and so far I'm on track. You know, Jake Gardner basically for the season he had uh, Connor McDavid night. He has six points. Tyson Berry isn't even. Didn't even get six points by this um so far this season. He's only got five. So you know, would you like? I mean, having a six point night for Connor McDavid, right? I, there was there was a post someone was saying like, do you think Connor McDavid can ever score, um, like ten points in a game type of thing, right? Like beat Daryl Sutler's record. Do you, I mean, that- I think I think if we're, it was a different league in the sense of a different playing style. Where games used to be like eight seven whatever, mm-hmm. maybe. Like, when's the last time you heard of a ten goal game? 
It hasn't been years since you've heard a ten goal game. Well, the, you know, well, back in the eighties, a ten goal game, like a ten point game, like a, a team when a team scored ten goals, it was notable, but it wasn't like too crazy. Now it's like, whoa, they scored eight. What's going on? Well, I'm just thinking, right? Like the last time we've had, like, a very, like a very, like a solo performance was. Um, Sam Gagne. Sam Gagne, right? Yeah, Sam Gagne, right? Like, it was him who – he had seven points, I think. He had, what, four goals, three assists, I think? Or was five. it not six? Uh, he, 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 I don't think he scored six goals. No, did he? Oh, sorry. No, it was eight points. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fine. Whatever. But, yeah, um, like, I'm just – like, I think by the, the – like, for that to happen, right, like, you're going to have to see – I don't think the game would go on long enough for there to be – like, yeah, like you would have to score nine and then have like no, another like OT or something. Like for it to be like a like a slightly competitive. Like I think by the time you get to eight goals in the NHL, I think just with hockey culture, if it's not even a close game, it just doesn't become a game, right? Like people they're going to protect the stars, right? You're not going to see McDavid play a lot of shifts, right? If the game's kind of over, you, I don't think Dave Tippett's going to you know keep throwing out Connor McDavid if the other. Yeah, you don't want your star hurt guy to get hurt, right? Right, so yeah, like I don't think it will. Like I, I just don't think within this cur- like current NHL. Like I'm trying to pull up the, the Daryl Sittler game. Like I can't remember what this final score was, but um. But it was over ten. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm trying. To, like, but I think it was at least like somewhat close, so that like, like there was a chance that they could you know make it. But I, I just don't think in Edmonton that that's going to be the case. Like, uh, yeah, you know what? At the end of the day, I don't think so either. I think, you know, we're looking at a league now where player recovery and game days off is really important and, like, players don't get enough of those and you get one when, you know, you're winning 9-0, right? The Stars get a day off. And that's, like, an unexpected day off, but it's always nice. And I think that's where, I think, with the change in the hockey culture is really different and really affects how we approach these things and i definitely think like i think we'll see more than or we'll see some more six point nights from Connor mcdavid just not like maybe he'll hold the record one day for most six point games ever right but i don't think he'll ever get to the stage where he's gonna break daryl silver's record i just don't No, i don't i don't think the hockey the hockey culture will even allow that anymore yeah i'll see one of the last 10 Goal NHL game was. It's been a while. I think at the end of the day, I think McDavid, if there's a guy who's like, hey, you're a betting man, what player can you see having a 10 point game in the current NHL? Yeah, I could, I could say see that being Con McDavid very easily, especially with a prolific linemate like Leon Dreisaitl. That definitely is in the cards, I'd say. But I think. At the end of the day, just how the NHL is built nowadays, you just really don't have the opportunity to have a ten-point game like that anymore. Yeah, and I mean, I'm just, I just found, I just searched on Google. Might be right, might be wrong, but the last ten-goal game was in 2017, Montreal versus Detroit. It was 10-1 Montreal, right? Like that game is a blowout, right? Like you're not going to see people go over ten, right? Like. I feel like if you go into 11, then it just becomes, right, it's just going to become a brawl or, like, you're just disrespecting the opponent. I think people understand that now, so. Well, I mean, I don't think it'll be a brawl, I think. Like, is this in the 80s where you're going to get, you know, well, the I Good mean, Friday like, Massacre happening anymore? Well, but, like, like, be, like, it might not happen on the ice, but people will be like, like, okay, you're up 10-0, right? Like, what's the point of, you know? Yeah, like, relax. Like, there's no real right. reason for you to be out there anymore like doing that like it's I, just at that point you become disrespectful yeah like do you remember the montreal colorado game where like the game was like over and again was the one who had to you know he he, he i think i don't remember who he hit but it was it was a fairly late hit and it was your joel cobra someone had to come to someone came to the defense of Joe no no i remember oh it was a 10 all right why don't we start saying again jeffrey let's no, no, let's gather your thoughts here it was like a. It was like the game was over. I don't know if it was ten one by then, but Alexei Emelin came in and delivered a, a heavy hit to Jerome Ginla. Right, like it's ten one, third period. Right, like 
games can end up like that, right? And it's probably Alexi Emlin's fault. Like, normally it's the losing team that does that. If you're the winning team that does that, that's just stupid. Because you're just asking for someone on your team to get injured. Thank God it's just Alexi Emlin wasn't a star player on Montreal. But Okay, but so I'm looking at this 10-1 game. We're going we're gonna to transition a little bit to the trivia here. We're going to talk about this 10-1 game, all right, Jeffrey? Okay. So I'm going to give you... So, is it, do we have anything else to say about the topic, about Jamie Benn, about Connor McDavid, or are we going to just end off on this trivia? Um, I know I, I got all my points out. So Jeffrey, if you have anything to add? No, I don't. I'm ready for some more trivia, I guess. I'm exiting all of my tabs so that I'm not having any of these, uh, any uh, possibility of cheating there. Oh, we know you're a cheater. It's okay, Jeffrey. Uh, <laughs> so this 10-1 game, who was the leading point getter? And how many points did they have? Um, I feel like someone had a four-point night. Okay. I think of this team. Is okay. Can you tell me if it's a forward or a defenseman? It's a forward who had four points. So you're you're on you're on target there. Is can am I can I ask a question? Do I get like a like a life lifeline here? Sure. You get uh you get a fifty fifty, and um, what other lifelines are there? You can't phone a friend. Um, you can't pull the audience. So you get so a fifty-fifty. That's what you get. Fifty. Can I have also? Can I have another lifeline? That's like a question. I can ask a question. Sure. Does this player still play for the Montreal Canadiens? No, they do not. I think I have to go with uh, Max Pacioretty. That is incorrect. You are a one for two there. It was Alex Galchenyuk, four assist. <laughs> Didn't even score. He did not score. However, someone did get a hat trick. Who was he? Okay, are you looking at the right game? I am looking at the right game. Was uh, it Paul Byron? It was Paul Byron. Okay, I think wow. You're looking, the, you're looking at the Montreal Detroit game. Yeah, I'm looking at the Montreal Detroit game. That's what I'm saying. talking about the Montreal Colorado game. I'm looking at Montreal Detroit. 10 1. Okay. 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 There's two 10 1 games, Eric. You got to clarify. All right. You're two for three. I don't remember the Montreal Detroit game. I remember the Montreal Colorado game. All right, so I'll warn you. How many points did Max Pacioretty get in this ten-one game? Um, you still have a fifty-fifty, but there are still two more questions left. I'm gonna go with one. He had zero with three shots on goal. Was he the only one who didn't four. have any points? No. All right. That's actually going to be another question we're going to ask then. There were four skaters who had zero points. Name one more. This sucks. Um, 20, it was 2017. So that's not Again, you have a 50-50 left. Is, it, is that my last 50-50? That is. But there is only one question left besides this one. Let's go for broke and go with uh, <laughs> Nick Delorier. Nick Delorier had one goal and two assists for a three-point night. <laughs> David Schlemko had zero points. Did he even Jeff play? Petrie? Was he scratched? He was scratched, wasn't he? There's no way he even played. David Schlemko never, like, barely played a game for Montreal. Jeff Petrie? Was also had zero points. He was not scratched because he had two shots on goal. And I can't believe you didn't guess this player besides Max Pacioretty. Carl Alsner had no points. I should have no guessed points. a defenseman, not a forward. That's my fault. I just, All right. Okay, the Carl Alsner, David Schlemko era, and like what? They, they got David Schlemko for like a fifth after the Vegas expansion draft. Hoping he, they were like, you know, with Carl Osner solidified the left side of their defense. Hey, hey, hey. Depth is important, Jeffrey, okay? Yeah, bad depth is not as important. All right, your final question. I will use my 50-50. Who scored for the Red Wings? Your two options are Justin Abdelkader and Luke Glendening. <laughs> 
I'm Who scored? I went with Abdulkader. It was Luke Glendening. Fuck. You are, I think you were four for six on this one. See, oh, like, no, three I, for six. Three like, for six. I remember the Colorado game because I was talking about Alexi Emelin and Jerome McGinley. I remember that part. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't want you to, to you know to remember. So you're three for six, that makes me feel better. <laughs> Thanks. I I feel I'm very happy about that now. All right. With that being said, I don't want to make this too long for Jeffrey to take three days to edit and then blame the star of the show. <laughs> you have anything else, Jeffrey? Um, I'm excited for tomorrow. Um, for Hockey Night in Canada, and you know, this has been. I know we were joking at the beginning, right? It was a slow week. I think this is a very important week, and I'm hoping the Hockey Hall of Fame induction inductee ceremony, or whatever it's called, overshadows some of this. Hopefully, because I don't think that's the way we should be talking about hockey. I think we should be celebrating about the greats of hockey, not, not like we should celebrate the highs, not the lows. So I'm hoping this. Holy puns, well. holy cliches, Jeffrey. I'm sorry, but um, you know, you know, we gotta put the pucks in deep. You know, you gotta skate hard, and you know, go for the win. All right. With that being said, love y'all. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Back Pucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. You want to complain about us? You can tweet us at bop underscore pod on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.